Greetings. Hi, this is Teresa Willard-Hughes, and this is our fourth podcast. And I want to thank each of you who have taken the time to listen to the previous three and welcome those who are new to this podcast. This podcast is about women, primarily women of color, marginalized women, and what is happening to us and our bodies. So we're going to talk about three issues on today's podcast. One is why in the heck did I name this podcast Strong, Powerful, and Victorious? The second one that we're going to talk about is why in the heck am I looking at primarily marginalized women and women of color? And third, look at the movements that are taking place around the world and how many of those movements to fight and combat sexual violence are led by women of color from around the world and how we can be a part of that movement. So again, let's get started. I see that we've gotten a little more fancy because we now have music. I am getting better with the technology. No, not great but getting better. So let's start about why the return, why the program is called Strong, Powerful, and Victorious. It's very simple. We're strong. So many times if we have been victimized, people have classified us in two boxes of beyond low expectation that you're a victim. Poor, pitiful you. This happened to you. You know, you're less, but you are reality is that you were victimized by predators. We didn't ask for this. We didn't, it's not the dress that we wore. It's not that we were drinking a beer. This is to happen to us. We did not put ourselves in that position. We were taken advantage of and we were victimized. So that makes us not weak. It makes us strong. If you look at then the term that someone says, oh, you could be a survivor. Like, come on now. If you're from a marginalized community or a woman of color, you have long learned how to survive. You started surviving from a very young age. Nobody needs to label us for that. We know how to survive. What no one talks about is that we need to learn how to live. I refused, even as a young child, to be locked in two categories of being a survivor or being a victim. That's not who I am. If anything, I am victorious. I chose and that I was going to be victorious. I was not going to allow my father to rape me and keep owning me and controlling me. That part of this is they think that they could control us. No, they can't. The sex wasn't that goddamn good, so let's get over that part. And for once, why don't we stop talking about rape, sexual violence, and incest as a part of sex? It is so much greater than sex. View it another way. View rape childless sexual violence and incest as a form of terrorism. We are terrorized by our predators. They try to control us. They break us down. They try to own us. This is terrorism. It ain't about sex. It ain't about domination. It is about being terrorized. So why do I say that we're victorious? Because we as women don't have anybody to hide behind. When you think about the rapes that have gone on around the world, so let's talk about the war conflict rapes. If you look at the rape of Nat King, there were 20,000 women that were raped. If you look at Rwanda during their genocide period, there were 500,000 women that were raped. In Sierra Leone, there were 60,000. In Liberia, there was 40,000. If you look at Bosnia, there's something around 60,000. In the Congo, there was over 200,000 women. But each of those conflicts, the soldiers could hide behind a shield. Well, we did it because it was an act of war. It was for too many generations and thousands of years, men have been able to use the claim. 
to the victors go the spoils. Spoils, by the way, were us. We were what were supposed to be given up and taken advantage of. They were able to do was hide behind the fact that they were the victors. The reality is we were victorious because we had to survive. We had children, we had families, we had houses, we had food. We had everything that we had to continue to do. But for those of us who have been victimized, we need to own that we are victorious. We need to own that we are powerful. We need to own that we are strong. Because after being violated, we have to go on. As I said, we have children to raise. We have to live with the stigma and the shame. We have we are often rejected by our family and our culture. But as women, we have to go on. We are the economic engines of our communities. We are the economic engines for our families. And we are the future. And what happens to us and how we're able to manage sets forth what will happen to future generations. So that is why this program is called Strong, Powerful, and Victorious. We are all three. And we are all three. And we need to own all three. The second question it asks, why in the heck do we talk about race? Well, let's see. I'm an African-American woman. I'm 71. My attorney said to me, Terry, whatever you do, do not come across as an angry black woman. So let's see, at 71, I started out being a Negro or colored girl. I eventually moved on to becoming black. Then I became African-American. So there's no way I cannot be that. So when you're talking about being angry, why in the hell am I not angry? I think every one of us needs to be angry, pissed off, fired up and said, no more of this BS. So, okay, so now I'm black, I'm angry, and I'm a woman. Okay, Cheryl, I got all three covered. But the reality is, how do I channel it? And how do I have society not look at me as if I'm a crazy, black, angry woman coming across mean-spirited? The reality is that we're all that. All of us angry in some way. It is about goddamn time that we say that we are angry, that we stand up and say no more of this. Again, in this country, let's talk about our rape. So we've talked about what happens on an international basis. But between every 92 and 98 seconds, someone is sexually violated in this country. 90% of those are women. So if you just look at the numbers at 92 seconds, 570 people are sexually violated per day. And then there's 321,500 annually. Think about that number. 90% of those are women. So somewhere on the average is 270,000 women are raped are sexually violated every year in this country. This is just general every day. And the laws that we have, we now can say, oh, well, we have mandatory reporting. Last time, tell me, when does mandatory reporting help me as a woman of color? When was the last time that I wanted the police to show up at my house? We were raised to believe, and too many of us see the evidence, so it's not something in the past, but we know that by calling the police, it's not going to help us that much. Why? Police may have the greatest intentions. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But the moment they see me as a woman of color, what is their perceptions of me? What is this whole thing that if you're black, you know, you're supposed to be the hottest sexual thing? Same thing with Hispanic and Latino women. If you're Asian, you're supposed to be passive. That perception of who we are puts everything into motion. 
It's within that first 24 hours when you're being looked at and you're being perceived, when you're trying to figure out if you should be. That first 24 hours could set the whole tone of how things move forward in this country. So let's say that if I had the nerve to call the police and I have them come to my house, so now I have a group of police standing outside of my door, piercing around my house, asking me questions. Most likely, I already know who the inspector is because 80% of us know the guy who raped us. We didn't know he was a rapist. He may have been our friend. He was a family friend. He was somebody that we know as a colleague or we had a date with. And so now the cops are going to look at us and they're going to start a he said, she said. Well, let's always remember whatever the hell he said has more bearing than what she says. The other issue is they're going to run your record as fast as they can as a woman. See if you have any warrants. What's going on with you? God knows if there's anything gone wrong in your past. It's going to come up once again. You're doubted. Once again, regardless of what happened to you, you're being minimalized. This is now a mandatory report. So it means that I now have to go to the hospital to be able to get a rape test. So term of this is that you have to stay in this dirty smell. For those of us who have been violated, we understand the smell. So the concept is that you have up to 72 hours before the rape exam to take place. Imagine any other crime that you're going to set the stink of being raped, that vile smell, and they have those visions in your head, and then you're going to have to sit there and in those dirty clothes because you can't change clothes, you can't shower, you can't wash your hair, can't do anything. You get a chance to sit and be in that stink of this bastard who has raped you. So finally you get to the hospital, another round of tests. You This round of tests and how it's being done, I think they have the best of intentions. But imagine that stank on you of that bastard who has raped you. You can't get away from that smell. While they're asking you questions, they're probing you, they're doing this and that. So how many photos are being taken? How many bruises do you have? How many questions are you being asked? How much time has been taken with the police department? While they're questioning and doubting you, you're your rape kit. Then what the hell happens after you've gone through all this? What happens then? So how many years will your rape kit set on the shelf? Someone's estimated to be over 200,000 rape kits that are sitting on shelves in this U.S. That someone could be reported, apprehended. How many more rapes has this man done? that we do not have evidence against. Here's another little factoid, that there are 747,000 registered sex offenders in this country. Oh, by the way, they only have access and know where 33% of them. How in the hell is 67% of those people that you know are rapists, you can't account for them as a government agencies? as state agencies, as police agencies. So that means that 67% of these guys can continue raping and abusing women and children. What kind of system do we have? And now talking about the system, let's talk about it from the other stand. And that is people who rape us, they are able to get away with this crime. One, because the DNA is sitting on the shelf, and if we ever got to it, 
Two, we may not report the crime because we're so goddamn terrified of how this is going to stigmatize us and how it's going to affect our family and what's going to do with our culture. How is this going to happen if I get raped, if I live in a part of a culture that my virginity and prior to being married will affect if my sisters could get married? I'm sure in the hell not going to report that damn crime because I will screw up everybody in the family. If I'm a young child, are you going to believe me? Hell no. We've seen evidence of that. Look at the number of years it has taken between the time that Jerry Sandesky, the famed sexual predator from Penn State, the first time that he raped a young kid and it was reported was 11 years before he was finally brought charges. People saw him in the showers with young boys as young as 10 and 11, 12, saw him butt-ass naked, 10, 11, 12-year-old boys. And how do they say it happened? Oh, it was horseplay. You tell me if kind of horseplay it was if you saw an old man with his saggy ass in the shower with a young boy. I don't think the kid thought it was horseplay. But it took 11 years. There's a doctor in an Indian reservation. It took 21 years for them to be able to finally get him off the, off the reservation. Why? Because the Indian Health Services couldn't said they could not find another pediatrician. Okay, any goddamn pediatrician is better than a rapist, but it took 21 years. How many lives were destroyed? We have to look at the time period when our voices are heard. It's not that we don't report the crime. It's people don't want to listen to us. That is the crime. And then if you're in this country, you have this great thing called the statutes of limitation. Yes, some of them are being changed. The statute of limitations limits the time period for many people across this country. And even with the new laws, do they have to have a lawyer? How much is it going to cost them? What kind of shame is being brought upon us for recalling that they were sexually violated? So the statute of limitations has limited for far too many women and children who were sexually violated for us to be able to bring charges against our predators. And then, let's not forget, looking at the great Catholic Church and the Boy Scouts. They have something that we, as a who were victimized do not have. They have the protection of the bankruptcy laws. Think about that. My understanding is there was something like 6,000 sexual predators in the Boy Scouts. 6,000. And what are they able to do? They were able, Boy Scouts was able to hide behind the shield of bankruptcy. The Catholic Church, they're doing the same thing with archdiocese. They're hiding behind the shield of bankruptcy. We don't have that option. As those of us who are victimized, we don't have the option to hide behind anything. For those of us who are victimized as, by, as children, the average amount of money that we will lose over our lifetime of lifetime income earning is $241,600. That's loss income. There's no damn bankruptcy on that. That is income that we could provide for our family as we are the economic engines of these families. That's money that we lost for taxes in our community. That's money that's lost for providing good quality schools for our children. We are not looked upon as anything other than those who are victimized or being less than. Our rules, our regulations in this country, our judicial system, it's all about protecting the predator. I've been studying this, as I said, for years. And one of the things that I have looked at is that there's this growing movement of women around the world 
primarily women of color. This has taken place in Central America, it's taking place in, in South America, Caribbeans. Now you're looking at women who are in Italy, women who are in Germany, people who are in Canada, Native American women. We're all saying the same thing. Stop with the rape culture. Stop with, it is not about the freaking sex. They're all saying the same thing. It is the judicial system. It is the police system. That is harming us because they are not taking us seriously. There's a two, two cases in Missouri which the same judge and the man pleaded guilty to raping a 12-year-old. A 12-year-old girl who went online and posed to be 18. And so this sexual predator at age 21 met her. She probably looked 12, maybe 14. Sure in the hell didn't look 18. But what ended up happening is he had sex with her. He admitted and pled guilty. But the judge allowed him to have a suspended sentence, home arrest. Why? Because according to the judge, it was the girl's fault. This 12-year-old girl lied about her age. And because she lied... He had, did not spend one damn day in jail. Same judge said the same thing for a 22-year-old who raped and sodomized a 12-year-old. Once again, the judge found that it was the young kid's fault. So that is what is happening in our country. When we talk about other countries, let's talk about ourselves as well. Let's talk about how bad this is. But what can we learn from other women from around the world? We, too, am part of this movement that I'm developing, that I'm asking you to join, is to join other women from around the world to say no more. Enough. As Native women are saying, not another loss, not another missing sister. As women around the world in Latin America are singing, there's a rape. It is not the way that we dress. It is not the way that we walk. It is not the way... That if we have a beer, it is not that. It is the judges, it's the police system that is allowing this to happen. Let's own what we have and what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks or three weeks is we're going to talk about something called rape culture. This phenomenon that is happening around the world that whatever happens to us as women, that's our damn fault. That men are able to hide behind the police system, the judicial system bankruptcy courts are the one that I found the most troubling are the two that I've heard recently. A case in Italy where a woman that was savagely raped and what happened is that the, the defense, the three men who, def, who raped, the two men who raped her said, why would I rape her? She's too damn ugly. She's not the type of person that I'd want to have sex with. And three women judges agreed with them. The other has happened in Burma. And the big conflict that is going on there in that war that is going on. And what did the what did an officer say? Look at these women. Do you think that they're even worthy of being raped? How friggin' dare you say that you, after humiliating and raping a woman, said she's too damn ugly. She's not worthy of me raping her. How dare you say something like that? But it's said all the time.
It is time that we take control. It's time that we who are a color, women of marginalized community, we join forces in other parts of the world and other women. We are not a part of this is about me. This is about all of us. It's about our futures. It's about our children. It's about what will happen to us if we do not stand up. That is what the strong, powerful, and victorious program is about. That is why we're looking at it from marginalized women and women of color, because our health, our economics, our social standing, everything about what happens to us and what happened to us and what will happen to our future is dependent on how we act today, how we move forward. So I want to thank you all for listening once again. I'm looking forward to us talking over the next three weeks about rape culture. And in that, we're going to talk about the whole culture for one week. Second podcast will be about defining rape in three different ways. We're looking at it as acquaintance rape, date rape, as well as stranger rape. And then the last one we're going to look at is social media. So if I get more information at later time, we'll also add the whole politically, socially, politically sanctioned rapes. Thank you again. God bless you. And I'll talk to you soon. This is Tracy. Bye-bye.